This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. Well, welcome back to season two of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited you're here today for another episode of the Leading Second Podcast. If you lead, but you're not in charge, Leading Second is for you. So welcome home. And uh, I'm excited. I have a conversation teed up for you today uh, with a good friend of mine that I believe is going to encourage you and help you. So uh, we're in for a great day today. Before we get there, though, um, I want to remind you that with Leading Second, we are in the middle of a campaign right now. We are calling I Am With You. In fact, this is the last day of Pastor Appreciation Month, and we've just chosen to use our voice this month to give honor to our pastors, to uh, reclaim the conversation of honor, and to stand up for our leaders and let them know that we are with them. Of course, this is coming out of 1 Samuel 14, one of the key verses of Leading Second. We'd love if you'd help us make some noise on social media, honor your pastor, uh, tag them in a post, use some of the graphics we've provided if you want. Um Hashtag leading second. Hashtag I am with you. Can we do that? Can we make some noise? Let our pastors know I am with you. I believe that'll breathe so much life into them. Also, we have merch available on leadingsecond.com uh, for um, the I am with you campaign. We have shirts and sweatshirts and I think we have some sizes left of some sweatpants and all of the above. We'd love to have you represent our tribe right where you're at. So head to leadingsecond.com and uh, grab your merch. Before we get into our interview today, we had another great I Am With You story come in, someone expressing their heart for their pastor. And I love that we get to hear from our tribe every single week. So let's check out another tribe member's statement of honor toward their pastor, an I Am With You story. me a few months ago if what I do on the team or my position has been a dream come true. And while I really cherish and love what I do on the team, um, it's not what it's all about at the end of the day. For me, the desire of my heart has been to commit 100% of my life and time to the local church and to support my pastor's vision. And I think that's what it's all about to lead from the second chair is that we as team members don't get caught up in titles or positions, and if it changes, to be okay with it, as long as we know that the vision of the house continues to be protected and supported, that church continues to move forward and people get to know Jesus, and that our pastors know that their vision is our vision and that everything else becomes secondary. My name is Eva, and I am with you, Pastor Kevin. If you have a question you'd like to hear us answer on the podcast, or if you'd like to share your I am with you story, why don't you reach out to us at leadingsecond.com. We'd love to hear from you and um, help us add to some future episodes and encourage someone with your own story. Well, for today, I'm so excited that I got a chance to sit down recently with my good friend, a, a lifelong friend, Jody Cameron. Uh, Jody and her husband, Ryan, are the campus pastors at Champion Center Bellevue, my home church, our Bellevue campus. Um, and lifelong friends of ours, uh, Lindsay and I so, so value them and their boys and their, their place in our life, but they're, they're significant leaders. They have 
a perspective and a strength about them that I so admire that we all can learn from. And uh, my friend Jody recently wrote a book. I'm so excited. It's called Fight of Your Life. And you can check that out at jodycameron.com. I believe there's also some coming available soon on Amazon. And I sat down with her and talked about the book. And it's a very unique book. And it so represents her heart, her faith, her strength. And I believe you'll draw a lot out of it. Today's conversation, we go a lot of different directions. And we talk about a lot of fights and pressures that we face in leadership. So I believe this will help you today. So here we go. Without further ado, my conversation with Jody Cameron on Fight of Your Life. Well, Jody. Welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast. Thanks for sitting down with us today. How are yeah, you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, my friend wrote a book. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Huge congratulations. You. The fight of your life. Yes. And um, I, I just love that you wrote this. And we're going to have a conversation about it today. Um, it's tragic, though, because you didn't just write a book. You wrote a visual book. I did. And so we're going to talk about it, but no one can see it. Yeah. Uh, which means you have to get it, but, but this book is, is very visual. You, you put down something, not just words on a page, but you brought it to life visually. Um, you know, I've, the best way that somebody has described it to my, to me, like, I didn't even think about this, but, um, somebody described it this way that, you know, it's, it's as if somebody wrote, uh, went through like a 200 page book, you know, a regular, like 40 to 50,000 word book, your traditional book and highlighted all of their favorite parts and then mm. took those favorite parts and put it into a visual book. So, so every page is, um, you know, power packed. Every page is a nugget that you can take away from. Every page is you can open it and get something out of. And and what I've been telling people is like, listen, if you need me to prove to you why the point <laughs> matters, like if you need the facts and you need the stories and you need all the examples, you need all the words, this book isn't for you. But if you can take me at my word and take the book at its word and just open it up and be willing to, to not have the point be proved to you through all the words, great. but really just take it for where it is and what it is. Um, it's a book you can read in a day, cover to cover. Um, check it off your list. Keep it by your bed. Go to it when you need it. I'm just excited you did the highlighting for me. <laughs> right. I know. I went through, I did all the hard work uh, for you. I took that side of it out of it and then uh, worked with the designer and made it visually appealing for you, you know? No, it's awesome. Well, so excited to dive into this. The book is called Fight of Your Life. Yes. And when I think of you, I do think of someone who fights. I think of someone who lives very intentionally every day. So uh, I was excited for this one. I guess... Let's get the conversation started because we're talking to leaders and no doubt mm -hmm. leaders end up in, in situations where we have to fight for our own life and right. fight for our own future. Right. Um, why did you write this book? Well, you know, I feel like everybody has, like you said, everybody has a fighter in us, right? So we learn about it in school, the fight or flight, um, yep. you know, way that we approach things. And uh, a lot of times I feel like uh, people in general, but especially leaders, sometimes we end up in the wrong fights. Um, cause not sure. every fight is a good fight. And so a lot of times we spend our energy on, you know, these fights that in the long run, like, are they really going to matter in five years? Mm -hmm. Are they really going to matter in 10 years? And yet we put our time and energy into it. And so I was just really, I don't know, challenged or inspired to write a book about, you know, fighting the good fight of faith, yeah. uh, really it, God's best. So the good fight of faith could really mean, a lot of things. Everybody could have their own definition, but in, in this case, it's fighting for God's best in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our churches, um, finding those good fights and fighting 
for them. So instead of being, you know, what am I fighting against all the time? It's being a person that fights for something and, and really fighting for something in our own selves, you know, the, the yeah. peace that really God wants to give us. That's right. Um, there's so much anxiety right now in the world. There's so much depression. That's something that I have faced personally myself and knowing that I don't need to fight against depression. I just need to fight for joy. And I don't need to fight against anxiety because that just, honestly, that makes me more anxious if I'm fighting against anxiety. Like, I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be anxious. Well, then I'm going to be thinking about being anxious. But if I'm fighting for peace and I'm fighting for joy, then I'm going to make different decisions and my energy is going to be put towards something that I'm actually wanting as an outcome. Already preaching on the first point. <laughs> I love it. And, and I, I, we, we can't move past this too quick. Even the apostle Paul said, I have mm -hmm. fought the good fight. Right. So not every fight is a good fight. Yeah. There's going to be fights you, you have to walk away from, you know, Absolutely. and if you're a fighter by nature, yeah, you're going to want to fight it yeah. and you're going to want to win. But, uh, what one of the pages in the book talks about, you know, is the price, uh, versus the prize, you know, asking mm. yourself like, what is the price I have to pay right now to get the prize of this fight? So in look at it as a leader, like if you're a second chair leader listening to this and you're at a meeting and you are just fighting Take for there. the prize to be right, like, you know, your idea is right. Or, you know, you know, um, what you thought about the last event or the last meeting or the last weekend was right. And you're fighting, fighting, fight it. The prize is that you're going to be right. Wow. Yeah. But if the price means that you're going to lose credibility for the way that you're fighting or the, the price is you're going to actually, you know, demean your leader or disrespect your leader because of yep. the way that you're fighting. Yes, you, you could be right. And that could be your reward. That could be the prize. But if the price is greater than the prize, you got to walk away. Gosh, that's so good. You got to walk away. Oh, I'm just, you're already getting my brain going on how many times I may not have quite got that right. <laughs> well, you know, and I think of it in a marriage too, you know, like, yeah. um, the thing that the phrase that I've learned is you might be right. Mm. Like that phrase has saved me from so many debates, so many arguments with my spouse, with my coworkers, with strangers. I mean, I had, I had an appointment recently and, you know, usually if I tell them I'm a pastor, then we don't talk for the rest of the time because, yeah, yeah. you know, they're nervous, but they started asking me all these theology questions and like wanted to debate with me, wanted to pull a fight out of me. <laughs> and I just have, I kept, kept saying, you know, I don't, I don't agree with that, but you know, you might be right. And it would stop the debate because at the end of the day, that those fights, like with my spouse, with Ryan, it's not worth it to me to always be right Yes. And fight for that. If it means that it's going to dismantle our relationship in the process. I think that's just so good right now. I, our generation is caught up in ideological purity, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that's why we're so polarized right now mm -hmm. is, is everyone's worried about being right and getting, sure. getting to the farthest extreme of the conversation. We have forgotten to fight for things like empathy, like understanding each sure. other. Yep. You know, empathy doesn't mean you agree with somebody. It just means I understand where you're coming from. Or, right. you know, I think those kinds of things are fighting for the, the neutral ground of agreement and unity is, is, is sadly, you know, in some contexts, a lost art. Yeah. So pull back the veil for us for a second. Um, you know, you, you put a lot of heart into these pages. What's one of the greatest fights you feel like you have faced in your life? That's a good question. You know, I feel like as an individual, uh, probably one of the biggest fights I've faced is just 
like the, the bully between my ears, you know, like yeah. what, what critic am I, you know, what voice am I going to listen to? Like, I've got a p- pretty big critic. If people know the Enneagram, like I'm a one on the Enneagram. So yeah. it's that critic's got like a megaphone in my ears <laughs> all the time. Right. So that's probably one of the biggest as an individual, as a leader, um, being in the church world, growing up as a pastor's kid, being on staff for, you know, um, more than a decade, like more like a decade and a half. Don't tell yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah, right. um, you know, the biggest lesson, the biggest fight I've had to fight in a leadership chair is um, having a having thick skin and a soft heart, mm. like being unoffendable, having that thick skin where I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get betrayed. I'm going to feel misunderstood or whatever. And like having that thick skin to stay in position and stay in leadership and not be offended. And you know, that word kind of, we've adopted, it's not even a word, um, like unoffendable. We're going to make it a word. We're just going to make it, it's going to be in the dictionary people just give it time. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and, and yet have that thick skin with a soft heart, like still being able to, be vulnerable to people and still being, you know, available to trust people again and let other people in, even though I was hurt last month or last year or 10 years ago or whatever it is, like having that thick skin to not be offended, but then having that soft heart to continue to let people in, continue to let God speak to me, speak through me. And that doesn't happen if I've got thick skin and a hard heart. Yeah. And I can't do it if I've got soft skin and everything hurts and everything takes me off or everything makes me, you know, cry or everything. Like if I've got too soft of a heart or too soft of skin with a soft heart, that's not the right yeah. recipe. If I've got a hard, you know, heart with thick skin, that's not the right recipe. So for me, the the fight is, you know, trying to get that thick skin yeah. and have soft heart. We all go home with a bully. You know, I, I, so I'm an Enneagram four. Mine would be more, more shame feelings. So my bully, I don't know if that's sitting in the middle of my chest somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, but you taught you, I love the phrase, you know, the bully between your ears. So, so you self admitted deal with criticism. How, how do mm-hmm. you face when you go home at the end of the day mm-hmm. or wake up in the morning, whenever yeah. your moment is, how do you face and fight criticism? Uh, well, sometimes, you know, I, I get aggressive with it. <laughs> Um, you know, (laughs) you know, like where I'm just like, you know, uh, internally yelling at the bully, like back to the bully because the bully is yelling at me. So, you know, I like (laughs) get aggressive back. Um, and then sometimes it's, it's just affirming myself, you know, like not waiting for other people to affirm me or not looking for it, for it, not searching for it through other people, but just affirming myself. And sometimes that looks like, you know, reading who God says I am you know, and making it personal. Like God says I am, and then read the list off. Um, I was reading in a, I think it, gosh, it was not a Christian anything. It was a very like educational something, maybe like psychology today or, or, you know, like one of those psychology journals or something. And, um, it was talking about, you know, facing your inner critic. And one of the strategies that they shared was to, um, separate yourself from the bully or separate yourself from the critic. That's right. And so instead of saying I, or whatever, I would say, Jody, you do not have to listen to this critic. Like, it sounds like I'm kind of a crazy person when I, when I say it like this, but, um, it's really helped me to sort of separate myself enough 
from that bully inside of my ears to say, Jody, you are not what this critic is calling you. You are not a failure. Yeah. You are not, um, you know, a disappointment or whatever the lie is inside my head, but stepping back enough, almost as if I'm saying it to somebody else, yep. you know? Yep. And cause the truth is most of us wouldn't say what we say to ourselves to other people. That's so true. We're so much nicer to other people. We believe the best about other people. And yet when it comes to ourselves, we're so quick to believe the lies. And so yep. sometimes it's just a matter of stepping back enough and saying, yep. you know, your insert your name here and then tell yourself what you would tell your best friend or tell yep. the leader sitting next to you, tell yourself that and then start to believe it. Uh, that's just one of the strategies that's started to help me. I have heard the same thing said about shame, actually, that if you can externalize it. Mm -hmm. So if you can get, get it down on paper exactly as you're saying it to yourself, as gross and as ugly as it is, mm -hmm. if you can externalize it and get it out of the space between your ears or the space mm -hmm. in the middle of your chest, if you can get it out of there, you can look at it for what it is mm -hmm. and you can counter it with the truth of God's word and sure. you can counter it with with affirming yourself. Um, so I... I could not agree with that anymore. Let's go just one, one more degree. And let's talk for a second about, you know, we're talking about this in a meeting earlier today. Um, anxiety, uh, depression's a, mm. a, a real deal in our culture right now. Yeah. I, I mentioned to you, you know, in the meeting, I was, you know, texting with a leader about that was, that was walking through something tough in this arena. And you mentioned you had as well. And there's no doubt leaders are facing, um, and I don't think any of us are quite to the bottom of it yet, you know, where it's coming from, but no doubt there's an increase, there's an uptick in leaders experiencing some very real symptoms and walking through um, anxiety. In fact, spoiler alert, in a couple of weeks on the podcast, we have an episode coming up on mental health um, that I'm excited about. So we're, we're just going to keep um, peeling that onion, I guess, a little bit, but um, what would your thoughts be on, on a person who finds himself in that situation and, and the fight that comes with that? Man, let the light in, you know, um, I think every, every person is different in how they feel it or see it or sense it or experience the, I, I call it darkness. <laughs> um, yeah. cause I, because when I've faced it, it's always felt dark, you know, like yes. it's felt like a dark tunnel or a dark year or, you know, a dark season. And, and I'm, and it's dark because I'm ashamed of it, or I can't believe I'm struggling with this again, or, and so it's easier in my head to keep it dark and to keep it mm -hmm. like me, myself and I yep. kind of knowing about it. And yet every time I let, let the, the light in, you know, whether that's telling somebody like, Hey, I've been struggling lately. I just need to tell somebody, yes, you know, or going to see a professional counselor yes. or, you know, writing about it. I mean, asking, telling God about it, like he already knows. Right. But like, there's something about yep. saying it out loud in a prayer to say, God, I can't do this on my own. I don't want to do this on my own you know, um, and just letting the light in has been, um, the game changer for me. So when I originally started going through it, probably it got big for me, maybe five or six years ago where I started recognizing that it wasn't just the critic inside of my head, but it was, um, becoming something more like it was starting to lead me down yeah. thought ways and pathways and things that I just, I don't want to have any part of in my future. Um, and I was so ashamed of it at first, 
but the, the more, the more times it happens over the course of my life, the sooner and quicker I am to let people in, Yeah, you know, like, Hey, I'm struggling with this again, or Hey, this has come up again, or this triggered me or whatever. And the sooner I let the light in the, the sooner I can get through it versus when I let the dark stay dark, it feels like that's when it gets infested. That's when it can grow that's when I feel isolated, yep. but the more, like the sooner I can get over whatever it is inside of yourself that is holding you back from getting help, the sooner you can get past that and just ask for help, yep. whether it's a, a professional or whether it's somebody in your life that you trust, like whoever it is, let the light in yep. darkness can't, darkness can't control light. Like light always overcomes it. Absolutely. And I think that maybe brings me to the final thing I thought of that we could talk about today. Um, when you talk about fights, the word says our battle is not against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. So we, we are in a fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, may, maybe one of the greatest fights of our life is there's a real enemy out there. And when mm-hmm. you sign up to lead in the kingdom of God, you didn't, you didn't sign up to preach you didn't sign up, you know, t- mm-hmm. um, you know, to, for Christian notoriety. You didn't sign up for, um, to influence, you signed up for a war <laughs> that yeah. we're all in and we are on the front lines, which means you're going to take incoming fire. You're going, you're going to take shots because there's just, there's an enemy that doesn't want us doing what we're doing. Yeah. And so part of, I think how we have to fight is we have to, we have to stay spiritually on guard. Yeah. And what has that looked like for you in your life as you have fought spiritually? Um, and you've already alluded to some things, but, but just what, what is that, what does that fight look like for you? You know, I, I think you, you hear about, you know, we, we don't fight against flesh and blood, you know, but against principalities and, you know, and, and it's this, this idea that we're fighting against things that we don't see. Right. Right. I think the flip side of it is knowing and believing not just for somebody else, but for myself personally, Yes, you know, cause I could preach this all day. Like I can, 100%. I believe this a hundred percent for you. I believe it for the next person. I could get up in yep. front of a crowd and preach something and believe it a hundred percent for them. And then when I'm by myself, somehow disqualify myself yep. from the very thing that I believe a hundred percent for somebody yep. else. I mean, that's just real talk. Right. So for me, like, knowing that, yes, there are things that I'm fighting against that I can't even see the, the game changer for me was a hundred percent belief that I'm also fighting with something that maybe I can't see, Yes, but is for me Yes, on my side Yes, working when I don't see it. I mean, there's a, there's a page in, um, in my book, you know, whether we can see him or not, whether we can feel him or not, God is with us and he is for us. Yes. Like that was a game changer for me to believe it, not just for somebody else, but to leave it for me, believe it for me. And just the, I mean, it, it's an underestimated thing, but the armor of God, like it's there. We can access it. It's not something that we, like, I don't wear a physical armor absolutely at all, but uh, it's something that I've been doing since I was a kid. Like we, my mom and I wrote a little song for it, which I will not sing for anybody <laughs> ever. <laughs> Um, but I sing it with my boys. You can maybe get them to sing it for you someday. Um, and we sing it on our way to school. You know, we put on the armor of God and, and I, I don't think, I don't take it lightly. Like, I think that it's, it's a way that we can fight a spiritual battle that a lot of us maybe don't tap into because we don't understand that side of it. But 
without getting weird or over spiritual. I mean, we're, we're fighting against things we can't see. We have uh, the armor of God that we can tap into and actually can use yes. in our everyday life. And we have a God on our side, Yes, whether we can see him or not, whether we, he, we can feel him or not, he's with us. That's right. He's for us and he's That's going right. to work on our behalf. Well, thank you. Not just for writing a book. Thank you for raising the awareness that we are in a fight mm -hmm. and thank you for helping us get our battle stance on. And oh, I like um, that. Our battle stance. There you go. There's, there's the next message. Um, but th thank you for that because, um, I think you raise awareness of, of something that's so easy to forget and yet is absolutely shaping our, our journey certainly as leaders. So thank you. Uh, where can people get your book? Well, it's available on jodycameron.com and, uh, hopefully on Amazon soon. So, well, the good news is you ran out of the first Run. We did. I know so. we, as of today, no books are available, <laughs> uh, but hopefully by the time this is airing, uh, the new stock will be in That's and how it works. Um, we'll get it. Well, it'll for sure be on jodycameron.com. And then we're, we you know we're jumping through all the loops to get it on Amazon as well. Well, congratulations. Thank we you. love it. We're, we're huge fans. Well, well done, Jody. So excited for you and your book. We're praying that it gets into the hands of many, many people and helps a lot of leaders, helps a lot of believers out there. If you'd like to grab Jody's book, you can head to jodycameron.com or search on Amazon as quantities are available. Um, you're going to want to get this book. It's going to help you and um, will encourage you in your faith and your leadership journey. So, hey, if this podcast is resonating with you, why don't you tell someone? Why don't you hit the subscribe button, plan to make us a part of your world every single week. Also, help us out, make some noise on social media with the I Am With You campaign, honor your pastors, hashtag leading second, hashtag I am with you. Uh, we'd love to make some noise and reclaim the conversation. So, hey, leading second, we love you. Oh, I pray for you so often. And I may not know many of you. Uh, I get to meet some of you from time to time throughout the year, but I'm just so excited that we get to do life together and ministry together and build God's church together. So until next time, leading second, you know what it is. Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, check out leadingsecond.com or join the Leading Second Forum on Facebook.